And Esposito here with the two Wheels of Freedom show number 118 with somebody I've actually known for a very long time and I would consider, I don't know if anybody else does, the funniest announcer in motocross and we need him at more shit, Kevin Kelly. What's up, Kevin? What's going on? Oh, man, just hanging out, fixing to do my show later on tonight, and then I get to do your show today, so yes. this is awesome. This is a busy day for you. Not really. This no. is <laughs> really not. Look, I'm a fireman by trade, so I have to only work 10 days a month, so I have 20 days a month off to just dick around. So you're basically like, uh, you're like Adam Sandler when he married Kevin James. Correct. Yes, I get to. Well, I'm Kevin James. He's a fireman, right? So I get to hang out. <laughs> they were ten, both ten firemen. Oh, yeah. even better! Man, we get so much time for activities if we're both firemen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, one, you've done 118 of these. Davy Millsaps is national number. Yep. When he turned pro. Yep. And I have other my I have the other podcasts I've done too. So uh, I've done way Whoa. too many to not make any money off of these, Kevin. <laughs> you you're telling me we were just talking about that how do you monetize this stuff but, so, yeah i think if you go full-time you can monetize it but yeah i just don't i just don't, I don't have the gumption um so let's let's back it up uh this is kevin kelly if you don't know kevin Should. started the very first it wasn't even there wasn't even a term podcasting at the time when you guys started DMXS, which is Dead Motocrosser Society. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Uh, it was, I, my buddy worked for Cannondale. He, Chris Williams lived down here, and then he moved to Connecticut to help build the now defunct Cannondale, which I hope you have one of those in your collector's items there. But he worked up there, and he's like a techie dude. And I'm like, dude, I want to, I think I can do something. Like, tell me if you can hear this, basically. And I'm like, it was like, like the, whether they're not Thomas Edison, but whoever invented this uh, bell, whenever he invented it, like, yep. can you hear me? And he goes, yes, I can hear you. I'm like, oh, we're good then. So I uh, I asked Joey Casey, our, our mutual friend, yep. to uh, come to help me just talk shit. I don't know what it's going to be called. I don't know what it is. And we sent an email to Davey Coombs, and they posted it on their website. And that day we had Timmy Ferry and I think Billy Lyle. Timmy Ferry and Billy Lyles, yeah. Or Ronnie Tishner, one of the two, as our first show, so. No awesome. idea what we were doing. We went and bought Walmart microphones. Remember those long, skinny ones you used to play MX versus ATV or whatever the yeah. shit to your buddies that are long and white? Yeah. We bought two of those and spliced them together. And you, hell, you might have even, I don't know if when you did our show, if that mic setup was even the same. Maybe it was a little more serious by then. I think you guys, by then, you had just put the studio in the back of the, your massage parlor. Yeah. And we were yes. <laughs> a very pro profitable massage parlor. Shady trophy shop. <laughs> trophy shop is what we called it. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it, we had, that's right. Yeah, he had, they had a trophy shop, and then when you go went into the back, like originally it was just a big open room, and then you guys had just like sectioned off an area to actually be the studio yeah. uh, when I was when I went in there. So I think it was like yeah, brand it was, new. It was what? It was brand new. Like you guys had just yeah. built that room. Sounds like so the couch was not sticky at all. It was, everything was no, it was about pristine. That. I put the first <laughs> stain on there. Yes, <laughs> precisely. But so we started doing that, and 
I still do it like an idiot. Like we have done that since 2001. Like my kid was one years old now. He's 23, which is just dumb. It's so weird. Bizarre. But you still so, do DMXS uh, as well? Because I see the other stuff pop up. No, Iser does DMXS and like everybody's like, oh, are you guys good? I'm like, yeah, me and him are, are great friends. But he moved up to the foothills of the Appalachian Trail. So he's 75 miles from me one way. So now I'm down here. I'm like, dude, I want to do my own thing. And we've kind of gotten away from what I like doing, which is really nonsense. Right. right. We got where we were jamming in like five guests. We opened the show and like one minute in, he goes, all right, let's go to our first guest. I'm like, dude, I really like telling stories. Yeah. And that's kind of how my show, Winners Take Y'all, Y-A-L-L, Winners Take Y'all, is, uh, has kind of evolved with two of my buddies that we've known each other for a long time. And they're great storytellers. And we do one guest and we talk for like an hour. And they have so those dudes have so much life experience, John and Nick. So it's just, it's awesome. They're, they're funny as shit. And so it's just a compliment to me. They're so stupid. I need stupid people in my life. So that's why we're here. That's why I'm talking to you. That's right. that's how we even know each other. We're related yeah. by stupid people. We re we realized <laughs> both of us were stupid, so we were like, "Oh, there's yeah. a lot of common ground here." There's a lot of stupid people around here, Joey. <laughs> Joey was our conduit conduit to stupid. Yeah, and he's actually the track. reason that I even moved to Georgia, um, yeah. because he was like, uh, he just bought a house, and he's like, "I got a room if you want to rent a room." So I literally rented a room, like as soon as he bought that house and i was well i was like if you can find me a place to build a riding spot i'll move down there and then he talked to rocky moreland and then i yep. moved down a week later and that weekend i moved down we started we built the first landing over there just like that you got in there got 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 rocking and rolling was there lizards and snakes all over joey's house at that time no no nope that was later on it was just he and i just he didn't even have dogs yet while I, uh, I actually yeah. left for a trip and then I came back home at like three in the morning and he had gotten this pit bull and oh, it yeah. was, you just walked in on dude and, <laughs> and it was not very happy and she was very big and I'm just like, oh my God, what's going on in the house right now? I can't even get in. Oh yeah. I forgot to tell you, I got a pit bull. It will kill you if you try to come yeah. in. So I need to, you guys got to meet. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, uh, and let me, let me, I'll go ahead and, and preface this. I'm in a townhouse right now. Normally I'd be in my nice little house up in Cartersville. My house burned down. Oh, whoa. Literally. Yeah. Me being a fireman. Yeah. It's not something you put out on Facebook. Like, yo, what's up people? Burnt my house down. I'll see y'all this Friday. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you they were like at the, the fire station and. No, I was actually <laughs> there. Um, I was there and we left for a wrestling tournament and our ring cameras show 10 minutes later. You see us letting our dog out. He wants to see the turkeys. We let him go see him. We come back in, and it, we have cameras everywhere, so it shows the timestamp of everything. And 10 minutes later, the house is fully involved, like smoke inside, and my dog didn't make it. So oh my God. We're, we just got through that through the holidays. So we're re they're building the house. Insurance has been awesome, but like here I am in this little townhouse. But that's where we used to do my show from was at my house. Uh, so we're rebuilding that, and it's like, all right, here's my PSA to all you people. Like go through and video all your shit at your house. Like open every drawer of every like every cabinet. Go in there, open everything up, and run a camera through there and video it, and then put that memory card in a fireproof safe and just forget about it because you are gonna need that. Like this is my second house fire. My mother died in two thousand from a house fire. Oh my Joey lived. God dude. Yeah. How many people you know that have been through one? This is my freaking second one. Like legit, not a little baby house fire to the ground. And lost something in both of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, big time. My mother and that one. And and then Kyle and Joey then moved together, moved in together at that house after they rebuilt it. And then uh, this one happened. So I've lost everything. Like when I say, I told my wife, I'm like, there's nothing on this earth that proves we were here. Not a photo, not a piece of paper, like nothing. It's bizarre. Like the oldest thing I have was the shirt, underwear, pants I had on it. Took it to the ground. And as a fireman, that rarely happens. I can We can usually get a stop on it, but it had such a head start up in the ceiling and it ran forever. So what was it? Do you know what caused Some it? electrical. It was, we've been in that house 11 months, dude. It was a custom oh. house. I, everything was our design, everything. And it was something up in the attic that burnt. So it's got all that time to go in the attic versus down here. You'd see it. It's just right. a void space, huge space. So anyway, that's my PSA to anybody that gives a crap, like go through and video your shit because you're going to have to know the name brand of it. Yeah. When it what you got like exactly because they'll give you they'll give you eight bucks for it. You start adding up knives and spoons and ammo and guns and t-shirts and every pillowcase you own. That shit is it's, you can't do it. You cannot do it. At least I, you were only bucks. there eleven months. Imagine if you were there eleven yeah. years and then you just had shit jammed everywhere. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. We we just built this house and we we were in an RV for eighteen months. So it was like Loretta Lynn's for eighteen months in this fucking RV. Excuse my language. So then we got out of the RV. So yeah, you're right. We don't have a lot of stuff. We just purged a lot of shit. So anyway, we had what we needed. Everything was new and nice. And now it's not. We'll get to rebuild. The insurance is awesome. So all that's good. Like people have asked, like, what can we do? Nothing because they've been great and whatever. But nothing really survived, which took for me and you, like a guy like me and you, like there's posters or stickers, shit that you thought yeah. was really cool that had yeah. no value that is really a big bummer not to have. Right. That's just sentimental uh, memories mm-hmm. of being here or doing that or whatever. Hey everybody, I'm interrupting this podcast to tell you something very important. April 19th and 20th, Two Wheels to Freedom Fest is going to be at Cedar Grove MX Park in Winsboro, South Carolina. We're going to have dirt drags for the Harleys and the dirt bikes. We're going to have pit bike races. We're going to have camping for with a 21 and up area. We're going to have a bar. We're going to have amateur freestyle motocross contest. I'm going to jump the Harley. That's April 19th and 20th, Winsboro, South Carolina. Go to twowheelstofreedom.com for the link to tickets. Hope to see you there. Yeah, that's All rough. the events I've done and just like my dad's, our racetrack as a kid, all the signs and I did flyers and just, I kept everything. Wow. I had magazines and plastic like you would as a kid for comic books. So I had probably, I think probably 10,000 magazines and they're like 15 bucks a piece. So I'm going to assign a value to that too. So yeah. they're all from the late seventies, early all the way to the nineties. Yeah. I was, I was a pack rat, but I kept cool shit. At least what I thought was cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's but back it, back it up. You, sorry, what start, sorry to just be like, all right, enough of your tragic story. We're back to, the- yeah, anyway, <laughs> let's get back to Mona. No, I'm the same way, dude. Like I just laugh about it. Like, as soon as that fire was happening, I just re- I just redone my yard, like really went at it, and not to get into, uh, derail you, but I was like, I told the fireman, like, dude, y'all gonna fucking make a mess up here? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I was totally kidding. Like, they were literally on scene. I was already making jokes because that's the only way you can get through it. Yeah, so. I used to get anyway. hurt and start making jokes, and then people are like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I'm either going right. to make fun of stuff or cry." So yeah, that's, <laughs> it. that's all you can do. I don't want to cry. That's yeah, exactly. I don't want you to see that I have feelings. So I'm just yeah, going to make fun of everything. Yeah, you idiots. Um, so, like I was saying, you grew up basically into motocross. Oh, 
I don't think, yeah, you know, you when, you when you asked me to do this, I'm like, hey, what do I have going on? I'm like, I told my wife, I said, if there was some sort of degree, I have like a PhD in just moto, like yeah. every aspect of it from uh, my dad on the motorcycle shop. That was the first, my first experience was we owned a Kawasaki dealership. And I'll say this about my dad, like he did, everything he did, he was the best at it. And I know that sounds like some kid talking about his dad, but he was a teacher, he was vice principal, kicked ass, took a golf team to the state championship, never played golf. So he quit that whole profession as a teacher, bought a motorcycle shop. And with three other buddies, that was the number one Kawasaki dealership in all of America. What came oh, out man. of Mableton, Georgia, some small little town. And they would fly to these meetings. The Shogun Award is what it was called. And all the people would want to know who were these badasses that sold more bikes. And it would be my dad and two of his buddies. So he did that. And then he opened up a track. And then we got a, the first area qualifier for Loretta's in 1982. Then we got an AMA Pro National in 85. So like the dude just crushed it. Like everything he did, he just went immediately skipped 19 steps, 10 years of experience, and just dominated it. So anyway, that's kind of my experience in terms of moto. Like we just... I've lived it like that's all I've ever known is dirt bikes. And your brother was very fast. Yep, Kyle was good. Ken was a what happened to you? Eighty-eight. <laughs> I totally skipped <laughs> over me. That's not a joke either, man. I went riding for the first time, and it was like it's embarrassing how slow I am. Like, are you really a Kelly? Like, your mom was good. Your dad, your grandparents, your, <laughs> your mom wrote No, but like uh, she would have, <laughs> she would have beat me. I know she would have beat me. Like, it's I didn't like jumping shit. I'm such a pussy. Like, whatever. I just. I love to ride, but I just, I suck so bad. Like we'd go to races and we'd have all our shit laid out, like eight motorcycles because we all rode or whatever. And then it's time for me to ride. Then I'm like fouling plugs. And my brother would always save my race bike. Like for, at the end of the year, it's like, it just got broken. The way I rode it, it was just like you had just broken it in. <laughs> he goes, all right, sick. I'm saving your race for Loretta's. I'm like, whatever, dude. Like have at it. It's like a brand new, it's like you just peeled the plastic off yeah. after I've been riding it all year. Cause I, I pushed a suspension like that far and he needed it that far. So it was all plush for him and yeah. jam up. He just had a great race bike at any time. Awesome. Uh, and you guys had Bremen. Did you? Was yeah. there a track before Bremen, or is that the original one that he opened? No, we had one in South Georgia. I think okay. Scrambles is what my dad and them got into first. Zebulon off seventy five, and then they moved up and to Ball Ground. We opened a track up in Ball Ground and ran that for like five years. That's where we had our first area qualifier and big one hundred seventy two acres, huge, huge track, huge sprawling track for 1980, 1979. And then they sold that, and then we bought Bremen, and then. There you go. Um, how much, how old are you? Cause I'm like, you're saying this stuff and I'm like, you, I didn't feel like you were that much older than me. Uh, I was born in 72, so okay. I would be 51. Yeah. I'm 44. Just, yeah. So you're kind of close to my, my little brother's age. Yeah. 47. Yeah, but there's just a window where you're like saying years and I'm like, yeah, I yeah, would have been laughing for sure. I would have been, but I'm like, I would have been like four. Two, I would've, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, like I got to water the track, the, the AMA Pro National at Six Flags. So my the, my mom worked at Six Flags for thirty five years. She was like the fifth employee hired there. So she worked in finance, and my dad went to college with the vice president Spurgeon Richardson. So he's like, "Hey, Spurgeon, I got an idea," and he was like, "All right, well, let's run it up the flagpole." And my dad went and talked to Bill West and swooped his event, Bill West on Gatorback. So Bill gave my dad that date for him to run a Pro National and. There you go. Sight unseen, which is just crazy. So can you imagine some guy coming to the AMA like, hey, man, I got an idea. Yeah. Have you ever ran Have you ever <laughs> ran a pro national? No. Is the track there? No. But trust me, we can do it. And they're like, okay, you got six months. Get it done. Six yeah. months. Just do it. 
It's bizarre. I don't know how they did it. My dad had the gift of gab. I guess that's why they're the number one Cali dealership in America. He could talk shit. Yeah. Dude, your dad was awesome. I only met him, you know, later on. And he was still, I don't know how old he was, but he was was still just like would sit there and bullshit with you and just like was witty. I'll drink you. Yeah. (laughs) That was it. No, that was his deal, man. Like when people came to our track, like that was his happy time. Like when people from all over America, our, our big regionals and stuff, he absolutely loved meeting people taking care of them, anything they needed, driving them to get tires, fixing their shit. Like He just absolutely loved when people showed up. He had so much charisma. For sure, that was his deal. No doubt, everybody loved him. So that's how you got into announcing? Yes, me and Joey both. Well, that's what, when I first showed up, Joey was the announcer, and then I met you, and you had a show, and I'm like, why the hell isn't Kevin announcing any of this stuff? Yeah, I had to run it. Like, dude, there are, I mean, I, most of the time I would literally get there and I would uh, water all day, then jump on a tractor, plow it up. Then I would run the two cards. I would do the riders meetings and I ran a two card right there at the starting line. Then that's where we announced. So I'd announce the race too. And of all the years, I'm like, we never even had an announcer's tower. And I was like an announcer. Me and Joey were like, the guys, I never even got us one foot off the ground. We suck so bad as a promoter <laughs> to give you guys any kind of places to freaking announce from. But yeah, so Joey, I always let him do it because I'm like, man, I just don't have time. You do it, and then he, he did it. He he was really good. Joey was super yeah. fun to, to work with and silly as hell. So obviously he's stupid, just like you and I. So yeah. that's why he was great. Yeah, I agree. I I really liked because uh, I went into some races there. I really like Joey announcing. Like I said earlier, um, I love. I think you're hilarious as far as announcing. I hear you on. Um, you know, the amateur nationals. And I'm always like, I asked you probably literally 15 years ago or more. I was like, why don't you do any of the bigger stuff? And you were just like, ah, I feel like now, um, with knowing your sense of humor and listening to like Loretta's and stuff, they give you guys a little bit more leeway to joke around. Yeah. 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 That long form stuff, like six days at Loretta's. It's not like a pro national. Like that shit doesn't translate when you have a five hour window to jam out, you know, your heat races, your practices and all. There's time to be funny. Like I, hell, I do Daytona Supercross every year. I'm the live event announcer at Daytona with Jason Wygant and Rob Vidos. And I still get my stuff in. And yeah. nobody's ever came and snatched that microphone out of my hand. Like yeah. I'll make Weege laugh and I'll you know, I know I'm doing okay if I'm if I make that dude laugh. But uh yeah, those six day races, I guess that's why the amateur stuff really appeals to me because you can have fun with it. And I was one of those families out there. So I can totally feel it. Like me and Kyle going to Loretta's and Minio's and just us against the world. And, you know, out there in the middle of nowhere and not knowing anybody. So I feel like I can empathize with those families and have some fun and make it a little less stressful. Cause dude, I know what it feels like you're in the trenches and it's the most important race ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like you having fun with your mom and dad is the most important thing ever, but getting those dudes to see the forest beyond the trees is whatever but oh, yeah so long format love it short super crosses and stuff love doing those but uh you wouldn't i wouldn't have gotten to do as much as i do now if i couldn't have much of fun and be a dipshit you know maybe i feel like the announcing style needs to evolve a little bit like i guess it has been evolving like where from especially for like just super cross basically um i'm talking about for the most part like we had dumbed everybody down for a while and it and I'm like you guys are just totally not appealing to any of 
us actual moto fans you're trying to get like the random guy that's flipping to the channels but i feel like they've gone away from that but i i feel like adding in a little bit more humor I mean, I guess the NFL is not funny. I don't know. Some people, ha- announcers have to know, be man. sliding stuff in. I think they do. Like Pat McAfee from ESPN, he's kind of this new guy that, you know, doesn't wear any sleeves. That's his deal. And he's a kicker from whoever, but he's a kicker. He's funny. He's got a show and he does some uh, some commentary. I don't know if he necessarily calls the games, but I guess they somebody feels like there's some room for personality like that. So. Um, those, like I said, those longer events, like we started MX Sports Center at Loretta's, which are those everyday like Sports Center highlight packages from Loretta's, and we there was yep. plenty of room for that kind of nonsense. So we got to do that, and announcing all day at Loretta's was funny. And uh, I did some TV stuff, and there really wasn't much room for that. They're like, just get in, get out, and you know, say what you got to say, call the race. And there's just not that happened so quick. There's anytime now they, I guess they packed in so many pre-scripted segments that make money where you could have a couple of minutes to talk nonsense, but now they have the science of Supercross, or they mm. have the, the Thor move of the night, or whatever, you know what I mean? So every, there's just not a ton of freestyle room. You'll see Wygan in there. This is his first night, this coming Saturday night. He's getting his shot, literally, to host that race. Like He's kind of done some support stuff, but this weekend will be his first weekend to be where Lee Diffie or Ralph Shaheen or Arden mm. was. So. Awesome. Let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can do. And I'm stoked for him, man. He's worked a long-ass time. Of course, yeah. he's the, the voice of motocross and everything else, but this is his first shot, and he's super, super stoked. He's who I have on tonight. I have him and, I think, a guy from Feld talk kind of logistic and supercross. So, kind of excited for him. I was at his wedding, and I'm a big fan of his. So, I met Wygant way yep. back at one of your yep. events at the uh, massage parlor. <laughs> that's it i'm gonna Let's refer it to it as that the absolutely yeah it'll be a, just a sweatshop pork shop just make it nastier every time we describe it just get, it gets worse and worse you did and he's awesome he's not changed not one no and i have run into him at like supercross or something you know and he'll be like hey you know which yes there's a million people there dude. and the fact that he even remembers who i am at this point is very impressive he does he I, does he's a freaking weirdo like that like we're big baseball nerds too. And we'll, I just texted him last night. I'm like, dude, 21 days till pitchers and catchers report. And he'll start rattling off. Like, you think he's good at moto? He's equally that good at freaking football and baseball, which is just dumb. Like, how can you be that much of a fly and remember all that shit? But that's just why he's that good at it. Yeah. Freak show. Yeah. Yeah. He's not how I am. I'm the opposite. I'm like, what it was, how many kicks did he do? What happened? Yeah. What was that? What (laughs) Yeah. I wish I could, man. Like, I watched all of it. Like, where did it go? Like, I can tell you every Millie Vanilli lyric, which is just wasted, allocated space in my brain. <laughs> so dumb. I'm so still stupid. retaining the 90s Supercross. I got I, that. I had them all on VHS. Yep, I used to till my shit burned up. That was cool. Ah, just rubbing it in now. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Everything, man. Everything. Oh, man. Every time I see a commercial, I'm like, I look at my wife. Man, we used to have one of those. Yeah. And it's just a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have one of those. Remember that? Stupid. Sucks. Um, so tell me about uh winners take y'all. That was we already explained how you got into it, but um are you guys are on the you're on somebody's verb podcast, whatever. Okay, verb. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna say the wrong one for sure. Yeah, they I uh had talked to them about it. They're trying to create like their equivalent of of uh what's that thing? Uh, Pornhub. What's that? No, not Pornhub. Definitely not Pornhub. Only fans. Nobody wants us. 
OnlyFans, yes. No. They're, what is that big media conglomerate that's all sports? Like they have, oh shit. But anyway, they have a bunch of just affiliates everywhere. Barstool. I was so just they want to have their that. version of Barstool, like with a bunch of different dudes doing a bunch of different shit, just different kinds of, just tons of video content. So I told them I was kind of thinking about this and they're like, yeah, let's do it. So it's just going to be in I, the I, moto realm though. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they've got some kids that do amateur stuff. They got kids that do uh, nothing but privateer dudes, and then we just kind of do everybody. And our our wheelhouse, honestly, I mean, we're we're older dudes, but I, uh, I mean, I, I'm not gonna say I don't click because I still know all these kids. Like I announced every one of these dudes, like everybody currently racing, I have seen them on the podium at Texas, at Florida, at yep. Mammoth, at wherever. So I feel, I have a great relationship with them, and that's where the advantage of emceeing or hosting all these amateur races. For me, it's kept me directly dialed in with their families. I know what they do, like all the bullshit off the track. So anyway, so our our wheelhouse seems to be some of the older shit. Like I and I really enjoy. It. We had Ricky Johnson on, David Bailey, and Bob Hanna. Like all these dudes are freaking amazing interviews and still relevant. Like David goes, dude, you, he even hit me up and goes, man, I, am I relevant? And I said, dude, David Bailey, you are still relevant. You still move the needle. Like if you go back and listen to his interview, it's like he says some of the most impactful shit and it, it makes you understand why the hell he was so good on the broadcast. He's my all-time favorite color analyst on Supercross. I almost think down. he was, like we were talking about, he was too in-depth for the time. He might have been, dude. He's like, when I watch baseball, I want the, I love, because my kids both, pit, both pitched. So I was like, tell me why that curveball is snapping off. Tell me why his stuff breaks so good. And David Bailey like I heard it described to me like this. They go, David Bailey gets a channel that nobody else gets, and he lets you tune in with him. And it's fucking true, dude. Like yeah. he was so good at articulating what that guy was doing, what he was thinking, why he was able to clear that, why he was that much quicker. And and it may have been too highbrow for the drive-by fan, for sure. And I've been told that through other people that have had uh, meetings to do TV, to work in that, that realm of Supercross, that they're like, look, we have to make sure that for the fan that's driving by and checking this out, you can't go so in depth and you know, that's why they say the orange KTM. But exactly. But this is what I was saying I before. It. You're leaving out the whole, we're the people that are watching. You're going to dumb down the, all the broadcasts so that maybe, uh, you know, like some random person can understand it enough to become a fan. Meanwhile, you're like all of us that are already fans and know all this stuff are like, uh, we know the clutches on the left side, you know, like, give me a break. Yeah, yeah I don't, man, I'd like, it's funny you're saying that because why can't we were literally in our, our meeting last, our little text chat. He, we're interested in what is the storyline coming out? Cause he's got a meeting at one o'clock and that's my phone is going off right now. And we were like, look, when you get done with your meeting, I want to know what's the direction the TV crew is taking. Like what's their approach? Is it Jason Anderson, Jet Lawrence? Is it holy shit? AP's got the red plate going into next weekend. What about Chase Sexton? Is that over? What about Vince Freeze? He's like, sick, dude. Y'all take all the media. I'm cool with not taking dudes out for a weekend. So, so many good storylines. And yeah, I, I just, I love knowing the behind the scenes shit of like, who comes to what, like who's, who's in charge that, in that meeting? Like, is it, are they listening to Weech? And like, like yeah, dude, that's a great idea. We're going to follow this storyline. You know, I, I, and we'll find that that's out. That's a good question. I guess you'll find that yeah. out tonight when you do your show. Yeah, I'm going through your your guys' Instagram here, and everybody that's watching can see it. But yeah, uh, Ezra Lusk, R.J. Hampshire, Damon Bradshaw. Um, yeah, they're top shelf dudes, man. Dude, I are... mean, uh, Timmy Ferry. 
AP. I mean, killing Eddie it. Coons, Rick Johnson. Oh, you had Jared AP. on. I had Jared on the yes. podcast as well. Yes. Yeah, Jared was honestly, uh, it was going to be me, Jared, and Nick Blackman to do this show initially. So Jared was on the first couple of shows, and it, the schedule is just too much, man. That guy worked so hard. and I know. I felt bad. Like, yeah, I, thought, I don't want people to think we kicked you off. But, like, dude, he's always welcome. He's funny. He's got such a bizarre take on stuff, and I absolutely love it. And yeah. just having him in the room, like us four, we don't even need a guest. Honestly, that first show, we had no guests. I just introduced everybody to Jared to Nick, to John, and I just said, take it away, boys. And, dude, it was epic because they all have a Moto BMX background, and they all have dumb stories about, you know, going to races and, you know, eating wet meat that floated in a cooler for three days and shit like that. I got a good <laughs> story it, about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, it's just stories for me, man. I love yeah. stories. I love everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. Like That's why everybody at Red Lens, all 1,300 of those kids, dude, every one of them is the baddest dude back home. Every one of them had to sell their soul and mortgage shit to get to that race. And so we did too, as kids, me and my brother going up there for the first time. I was the only, I went up there with him. It was me and him. I was 19. He was 15. That was our trip. Me and him. Awesome. All week. That was your first trip without the parents, you're saying? Uh, I mean, no, we, we had done races okay. before, but like that was a week long, Loretta Lynn's like, what family would, what family would send their 19 year old kid and their 15 year old son who qualified for the 500 BC class and the 125 C class? All right, boys, good luck. Here's 200 bucks. We got your hotel room handled. Go get them. How old is he riding 500s? 15. <laughs> yeah. How dumb is that? <laughs> <laughs> dude. I talked about that, dude. Like, so at the regional, I was in charge of bike maintenance. My dumbass, like I, me, I'm the guy. That I said just tighten the shit out of everything, like over tighten everything. Yeah. So I had cinched down. I put his front wheel back on, and apparently the forks were beat in. Like I tightened uh-huh. the shit. Oh out yeah, of you didn't. Was... You didn't let it float first. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so he was like, "Dude, this thing's not handling worth shit." I said, "Dude, stop being a pussy, man. Stop being a pussy." He's 15 on a 500 at a sand track in South Carolina at Society Hills. I'm like, "Just fucking man up." Everybody else is doing it. And when we get out there, he goes, dude, something is not right about this bike. I'm like, dude. So it's me and him, like, dissecting this bike. I undo the pinch bolts on the axle. He goes, I'm like, oh, <laughs> my bad, dude. That's on me. Uh, and he went out and waxed the dude's next round. But he rode the Vet BC. It was like 500. It was the first year Loretta's I offered it. It was like, you want to race a 500? A, you can be a B or a C rider. You can be 400 years old or you can be 15. Let it rip. So we borrowed a 500 from our buddy named Tank, of course. And Kyle raced that and qualified, and he qualified in the 125C class. So against Ryan Terlecki and uh, Clark Styles, they were there. He got oh, wow. a flip one moto. I think it was his best moto. But, yeah, it was funny as shit. Dude. So um, there you go. That's stories. Like, everybody has yeah. those fucking stories. Like, we're one of 1,300 people that that's our little dumb story, and everybody there has that same story. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, like, I think that, though – with just it being you guys on the show and no guests, you've cultivated people around you. And I know Jared, obviously, and he's hilarious and, you know, just a very interesting person. So I think you've just cultivated people around you where, you know, and obviously your partners with the show are of a similar mindset. So, you know, it's like you're basically built in so that you don't actually have to have other people, but, um, it just, you know, obviously you want to, the, the guests you're having are amazing and you want to hear the stories from RJ and whoever else, you know. Yeah, and, and just hear their stories. That's why, I mean, honestly, the first the, the thing that I think of for DMXS and why it worked was 
we sometimes we get guys on like RJ Hampshire and really just dabble in moto. We really just touch on moto, like, hey, you know, whatever, good weekend, whatever, but let's talk about baseball. Like he was, he went to Cooperstown to play baseball. RJ was a pitcher and could have played high school, college baseball. And we'd, you know, go down those weird roads and just whatever. That's why I, I enjoy when they take the helmet off and they're not dirt bike dudes and they're just normal dudes. Yeah. What are you into? Yeah, that's what we did with Two Wheels to Freedom at first. It was basically like, I would be like, we interview freestyle riders, but we don't, like, most of the podcasts were just talking about, like you said, random stuff. And then eventually, like, we had uh, somebody that made a snow bike for X Games, and we actually sat there and asked them all about the snow bike because we were just generally interested in it. But 90% of the time, it was just us talking shit to one another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because and, and and that's why we felt like our shit would still work and still translate. Because look, man, there's 900 podcasts that are out there that hey, let's talk about your race weekend and your yeah. suspension setup and your frame geometry. Did you run the steel frame, the aluminum frame? That's all done. Yeah, that's and they're covered. And they're uh, your fantasy league and whatever else. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's doing what we're doing, which is just being complete dipshits, and we've kind of cornered the market we've been doing that for 22 years so yeah there you go exactly stupid um, sales not really well it's entertaining you got to figure out how to sell it that's the issue yeah i've got to monetize this that's the big word how many monetize this shit. yeah how many podcasts do you do a week uh like 40 there you go that's enough to yeah. monetize it yeah <laughs> every one every hour no we do one a week and that's enough that's hard enough to get these guests to i feel I like know, I'm i've been i've been hunting cooper webb down like i basically i feel like i'm like creeping around trees like that dude in the yellow shirt going oh yeah Cooper yeah. Webb got a free minute on, on thursday but he's been so cool he's like man i'm sorry he was all set to do it then he called me back i got a, a doctor's appointment and he goes oh no i can't do it tomorrow because i'm at that uh Carson Mumford's place. They're all chasing dry motocross tracks up in California, mm. so everybody's shot out to ride. So he's going to do it next Wednesday. But yeah, I uh, some of the dudes are awesome and super cool, and he has been. Nobody's giving me like the cold shoulder, but it's work, and I try to give them the freedom and not harass them eight times a year. Like Weege will be the second guy I've had on twice since April of last year. I've, I've run, I've run consistently. Not nobody's been on twice. Yep. So. I'm not, not messing with them too often. Yeah, that's good. That's why I have dirt bike related podcasts and then the Clint Esposito show all on the same channel so I can have content come out and not harass just, you know, because you're yeah. right. Riders are sometimes hard to, and I've even talked to two riders recently that were like, you know, my level or a little bit bigger. And they're like, oh, I don't think anybody's same what you said. I don't think anybody's interested in my story. And I'm like, yeah, they are. There's the people that there. watched you back in the day would still like yeah. to hear the behind the scenes of the video they saw mm -hmm. you in or whatever, or even what you're doing now. Yeah, like uh, when we had Rick Johnson on, like Rick Johnson has been interviewed nine million times, yeah. literally since 1986. He told a story and then David Bailey commented on my post. He goes, I did not know that. David Bailey did not know Rick Johnson got signed to Fox. Whenever he was at Motocross of Nations, some skinny kid comes up with a clipboard and whatever, and it's Pete Fox going, hey, man, I'm Pete Fox. I want you to ride for us. Here's pictures of the gear that I think you should wear next year. I know Yamaha's going white, so I'm going to have white gear with yellow and blah, blah, blah. Here's what, I, what it is. Rick Johnson goes, shit, that's awesome. There it is. 
and nobody ever heard that story. Like, and was that the know, first person they signed? No, they'd already had dudes. Oh, okay. like, this was 86 by then. So yeah, they still, they had guys, but like he was the big catch and Fox was really taking yeah. off and Pete, Pete had went there for that mission to, to get it done. That's awesome. I mean, that's yeah. where I got my show from. Was well, from Loretta Lynn's whenever they did Radio Fox. Oh, yep. I, I sit up there. My first, my first year was '93, and they were like, "Hey, tonight we're going to call Jeremy McGrath in a hotel room somewhere. So let's see what Jeremy's up to. On we're going to do our first ever Radio Fox tonight. So you just sat on the bleachers, or if you're back in your tent and had a radio, you could tune it to it yep. and listen to Davy Coombs and Pete Fox call, you know, Jeremy McGrath in his hotel room somewhere on a pro motocross national Saturday night." Awesome. Which is dope as shit. Nobody was doing that in 93. No, you had no cool. idea what these dudes were like. That's why I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I did one podcast in the early or the mid-2000s inspired by you. And then I never did one again until like 2016 Dude. or something. <laughs> that would have been huge for you. Like back, you'd have gotten in that early doing freestyle shit or There's whatever. so much I screwed. Listen, we were talking about this earlier. 2005, I started releasing videos on YouTube. You would have one trillion Bro. followers. The, so they were on Paul Smith's page. A lot of those have like 60,000, yeah. 70,000 views. And then we just... But the, but my issue was I should have made them upload them on my page, and I should have yeah. kept growing that the whole time because it would be like you said the biggest freestyle page on the internet, and yeah. I just let that go. I started a podcast. I did one with Tim Boca, who uh, now grooms the Ohio International. It's like some big motocross track in Ohio. I had yeah. him on. And then I just stopped that. And I mean, there's a lot of things where I was like, oh, my whole career, my pro, my uh, personal Instagram was private because I had a team page and I'm just like, didn't it's just for us, boys, dude. Yeah. Didn't and <laughs> everybody else from freestyle that I know has at least 10,000 followers. I, I have like, I cannot get past 2000 every time I get like 2000 and or no 2200. Cool. Once I get like twenty two hundred and five, then I lose like seven, and now I'm like, how not am so I? Fast. <laughs> so you're not protecting your algorithm is off. And yeah, that's, that's crazy, dude. You'd have you'd have been like, whatever. I know exactly. So here uh, we are, a couple of losers. <laughs> exactly, reminiscing about how cool we were back in the day. Yeah, we were so cool. <laughs> we we're so dumb. Dang it. Yeah, it, so... That's the thing. I, we were smart, but then ultimately dumb. Yes. I did not... Like, I have a good business sense, but this was so fun to me. I'm like... It can't be I, I work. Just, <laughs> you can't make money doing this, right? You can't... No way. But yeah, yeah. you turns out you can. Like, I know... I mean, I know Daniel Blair's probably making a little bit of money. I know that Steve, uh, Steve Mathis obviously makes six figures doing his. But, dude, he goes yeah. full-time from the time he gets yes. up to the time he goes to bed. That's a full-time job for him. I did not have that. For sure did not have that kind of time. Well, and he does the Pulp show. He does the Review show. He does the Steve Why? Mathis show or something. Ra raceable. Ra raceable yeah. with Weege and Thomas. And, yeah. So. I do think, and I don't know. I haven't asked anybody. I think re-raceables came from me watching old freestyle, like uh, Fresno Smooth, Krusty Demons. I watched them with the, everybody from them and had them online. And I almost think somebody saw that and then 
Yeah, nothing's been, you know, what I mean? it's all been it. done before. Yeah. I, hell, I my I had that same idea with Weege probably 15 years ago. We were at, talking about it at Race Rex. I'm like, look, dude, I want to watch old Supercross races, and I want to do it like Mystery Science Theater 2000. I remember you saying this. Head. Yeah, that was my idea. I was like, I want to watch races and just poke out poke dumb shit I see in the crowd, and let's just have fun and whatever. I do Whatever, remember so. you saying that now because I remember you saying the mystery science theater mm -hmm. thing like way back in the day. Yeah, and we weren't the first because I'm still in their idea from 1989. So Oh, mystery knows. science theater, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But I mean now P Eli Manning and Peyton Manning kind of do it on, uh, it's not re-raceables, but it's like a, whatever, a co-broadcast of, yes, when you watch Monday Night Football, you can watch a funny version with Eli and Peyton, which is actually pretty damn entertaining. They have, yeah. Like, they so, celebrities on. It's pretty fucking cool. So, uh, I call them companions because that's what that, Rogan, that's exactly, because that's yes. what Rogan started yeah. doing with the fights. So yeah. then we started to watch some stuff because same thing. It's like you can watch the stuffy announcers on TV or you can watch us and we're just, yep. you know, screwing around the whole time. Well, here's the thing, too. I found a it's I guess it's an app. And I called Wygant one time like, hey, we need to do this. It's like a companion announcer broadcast app that does all that for you mm. creates a channel and it's like you and another guy can just announce a race and people can jump onto your channel it's all done for you right which i thought was kind of cool but never did it of course that was eight years ago ten years ago good idea dumbass i wonder if that thing is still even exists might be because it, it was it, i mean it's all bundled up and made super easy for you to do you could literally just point in the direction of the broadcast you wanted to for it to scoop up and then give you and the other guy an access point to, uh, you know, MC it or whatever. Yeah. And then everybody else a link to go watch it. Huh? So were you yeah. playing the, see, that's my thing with that is if you do it, like they do the companions without watching it while the thing is live. So you got to have like both on. Right. The TV or something. Yeah. Because otherwise it, they're going to, you're going to get flagged yeah, there's some for, sort of, uh, that's a good point. copyright yeah, or whatever some, nowadays. Some sort of copyright thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why, so there's some channels that post um, uh, old freestyle events. So I mm -hmm. just go and look at whatever freestyle events they have up, like, in their entirety without it being flagged. So I'm basically using them to do all the footwork to be like, oh, that one got flagged. We're not going to watch that There you one. go. There you go. Smart. <clears throat> Uh, so tonight you got Wygant and somebody from Feld. Do you know who you got next week or no? Cooper. I was excited. Okay, you're going to... No, no Cooper Webb. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not the other Cooper. The other Cooper. Who is... Dude, he's having a freaking awesome year. That's the old Coop from two years ago, man. I love this last lap. Yeah. He has the best closing speed of anybody, honestly, I've ever seen. Late races, if he's within like five seconds, we're texting back and forth. I'm like, dude, he's within five seconds. And you're like, eh, it's over. Holy cow, next thing you know, it's 1.2. He's in a big I would like link. to see his lap times. Did they drop at the last like five minutes of the race? Uh, I mean, maybe not. Maybe they just stay right he where just they're stays the same all the way the to the time. end. And lap riders kind of hit that dude in front of him first and he kind of slows him down and they kind of check up and he's just, he might go like those. They're, I'm sure those, those lap 18 or 19 where he's just all in. But dude, he's done that so many times. Yeah. No, so that's many times like that. Yeah, if he's hovering around at all, how many times has it been like he's like in fifth until the last 
two or three laps and then you're like where the fuck did he come from he was just riding around (laughs) like yeah that when he had that little deal with jason anderson at a1 like he was out of there and then boom he crashed it over the tabletop and or whatever and that he was right there on anderson about to pass him yeah he's there he's got that speed back like and when i saw him last year at some of the smx rounds i'm like ugh. You're not, yeah. He did. He did not look good towards it the end when he made the move good. and wrote a few rounds. I'm like, holy cow, that's not the coupe we all knew. He even did not look comfortable, but even uh, where where did he ride Paris? Yeah, that did not look, look good. good either. <laughs> that was only like a month and a half ago. No, I don't know, and that's some of the stuff that just fascinates me. Though, how do you stay that confident to know? Oh, I still got it. He's like, a gamer. He still believes it, and that dude, he's a gamer, dude. That's the epitome of gamer. You damn right. Like he's he's a freak show when it comes to that man. That stuff fascinates me. So I love getting into their head and yeah. He's he just you see him steaming after a race. He's all pissed off. Yeah, it. got I second. Furious. Bullshit, <laughs> man. Furious. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I I like to look at which last year I did a bunch of videos uh, saying how people's seasons were going to go if their rides were their girlfriends. So it was like okay. they just got with this, or like their relationship. So they're like, they just got a new chick. This one stayed with the old yeah. chick, but they were fighting. And, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> he's back with his ex, though. Exactly. So he's like, this is crazy. Yeah. That normally doesn't work out, but man, you could just see that it was a very toxic relationship. That's right. A lot of just fire and ice. So, but and he's back, man. He's just, he left. She got some upgrades and he was like, yeah. oh. I like what I'm seeing here. Yeah, it's a good job. You made yeah. some improvements, yeah. babe. Yeah, that 40 year old body, you got that thing banging out to about a 28 now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> good, She's retired good. now and just going to the gym. That's it. Yeah. You got a big settlement. She's got money. She doesn't need you. Like, hop on that gravy train, dude. Yeah. Um, Let him pay the bills. But yeah, I like to look at everybody, how they're going to do by what I feel like their mental state. You know, because like I think going into the season, you're like Jets gonna crush, and then now put his name on the trophy. All of a sudden, it's oh, like God. there's little, you know, like I, I think now I, I'm not saying he's gonna like get, you know, because I've heard people they're like he's not even gonna get top three. I don't think that, get out but of here. I right. think that it, at least he's gonna have to recalibrate a little bit. And now even realizing, you know, that like Jason Anderson doesn't give a fuck. And those guys, no, I, you know, don't care. Justin Parsha, you ain't had to run in with that yeah, guy. Exactly. Justin Parsha don't give a shit. He's there waiting for you as well. He's yeah. going to give you the business. He might be the hardest dude to pass. Him and Anderson are fucking hard to pass. I would say, the, well, Freezy's pretty Coop hard to too. pass. Oh, well, yeah. There's a, he's got a very high death count there. He's got a big body count. That dude is, he's something else. And I love it. Like, I know people get all pissy, but dude, why was Supercross so badass in the 90s? Because Larry Ward and Jeff Matasevich are fist fighting. Dude. David Development and K-Dub are wiping each other yep. out. Give me all that. Yep. The Beast and uh, Matasevich are just Everybody. sawing each other's front, end, front ends off every week. I agree. Yeah, and that's, that's how, how I... told last night. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's how I grew up racing, because of them. Just hacking yeah, people insane. off. Like, <laughs> crush them. Run. Yeah, take that front wheel off. Like... And we told Weege, I'm like, dude, you're so damn lucky. Your first race, you get to just, all this drama is on a platter. For yeah, you. Like, it's true. Pick a, pick a storyline, dude. You want the Jet storyline? Awesome. You want Cooper Webb, Redemption? Awesome. What about Kenny Roxon? Holy shit. That dude. dude's incredible right now. Eli Tomac struggling right now. All right. Chase Sexton, 
number one plate finished. But even fire. there's so many. Even the Webb Sexton Lapper deal. Yeah. There's a lot of things, a lot of different, like you said, storylines for this week where it's like, what do we talk about? Even just the internet blew up with Jet and Cooper and they're like, oh yeah, AP one. Oh yeah. That's that's the fourth best story and it should be the best. Yeah. It's the best feel good story, but that doesn't sell. Any other week, that's the biggest Uh story. Period. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, um, and I didn't, I like my, our friend, Jeremy works for Red Bull. He's like the guy. Like he, he literally told us while we were texting, he goes, see that cowboy hat? He goes, I put that cowboy hat. I had to build him three cowboy hats in my house. Like I had to go by and get the patch and glue it on for him and blah, blah, blah. So he's the guy responsible for that. And he goes, dude, we have all these pieces built for AP, all these really sad pieces where he, if he's leading and they got all these pieces already built up video wise. Oh, well, let's go back to Detroit. Oh, you know what I mean? So, and they're uh-huh. like, well, that's all useless now because he got that win out of the way. Yeah. So there's so many cool little storylines in the background that uh, shit people are doing, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, those editors are furious. They're like, I spent all this time searching for this footage. Yes, we're going to milk this. You know, if he ever leads a race and doesn't win, we got so much good material for it. But, It'll be yeah, like, loser again. Please, <laughs> you can sell this for six more weeks, man. But I like, and I, I mean, it's a, a brought up, theme but like they're like a thousand dollar fine to each which i don't think anderson should have gotten a fine because he was already yanked on so then he's just like retaliated kind of so i i don't necessarily agree with that but i guarantee you i will bet you a thousand dollars that they run that clip next week over and over yes yeah you've seen that you know the nfl like oh we're all about safety and they all they show are the 1990s biggest hits of the NFL yeah, yeah. getting their heads blown off. Yeah, so exactly. That uh, yeah, guy they, they, like, can no longer read. See, yeah, he can't read. And he has spit running out of his mouth. But let's take another look, a different angle of Joe Theismann's <laughs> leg breaking right here. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. And then, uh, oh, crap, what was I going to say? Um, oh, NASCAR. NASCAR blew up. Remember that one fight they had back in, like, 1981? Like, these huh. dudes crashed off to the way off to the side of the track, and they get out of the car, and they just start going. They said NASCAR's ratings were from that point forward. Dude. So, yeah, they're, they're going to run that. Weston Pike beating the shit out of Vince Freezy. That thing has got five hours viewing time on Supercross. I guarantee we watched it five hours worth Dude. on that rate. From... I mean, I guess you can't incentivize that stuff. Maybe we should. We need to start You. We need to start an alternative, alternate league. Gambling funding type deal where you buy in and you can pay dudes to like just crush dudes yeah vince freezy is like <laughs> you've ever seen the movie death race where they send the truck out the semi out to just fuck everybody yeah. up that's vince's job we just have <laughs> him on a extra wide bike with like leg leg protection so he doesn't even need to worry about foot pegs or anything get hurt and he doesn't <laughs> worry about finishing like he literally yeah he's already paid him. if he gets if he gets crowdfunded ten thousand dollars and then his light turns green, like during the race, once he reaches that number Ooh. during the race and it turns green, you're like, Oh shit. He's he's, <laughs> he's legit now, boys. He can start just zigzagging and he just yep. oh shit. He's like an obstacle on the racetrack. Exactly. We've and reach that more oh, and here we are. And why get well it looks like Vince Freeze is now a rolling all of a sudden you just hear burp, burp. Burp. <laughs> and the lights start going off. We're like, oh shit, be- Vince Freeze <laughs> being released onto the track. <laughs> it's like that nuclear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, yeah. And oh, here he comes. Shit. Full black outfit. 
Full black motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, so, so he's not even on the racetrack. He's just sitting up way high up. Yeah. Long, and it's black and darked out. And then when it lights the fuck up, and he goes... <laughs> That's it, right into the uh, lead group. <laughs> and then he gets a thousand bucks for every kill and then if he takes your guy then you bet on that guy then you get money kicked back to you for betting he might take christian craig out or something and this then, is like terror dome yeah yeah and and everybody's on performance enhancing drugs everywhere <laughs> I, want, I want the best athletes i can get that's it there's none of this All fairness right. we, we we got to start an alternative like F- XFL did, like where there's guys with crazy names. They can pick dudes up and throw them. And yeah. XMX. XMX and ring across. <laughs> Two turns. Just a fucking circle track. Just opportunity after opportunity. And you just release dudes into this shit show. Like 10 guys all trying to avoid getting killed. It's like one, uh, instead of like triple crowns, we have where they just race in the wall of death. Yeah. A big wall of death, and they have coffins. Like you just they throw a dude <laughs> ten coffins laid up on the side of the track. You just dump them in a coffin. There they just yeah. drop. Drip, they just drop Vince Freezy from like the rafters past everyone. <laughs> He's not even riding around. He's just like falling, free falling through the thing, catches yeah. people. <laughs> you ever wonder why you don't make money doing this? This is why. No, I've realized it. Actually, actually, I, I know exactly why. The Originally, the first 111 Two Wheels of Freedom podcasts, we were drunk by the end. And okay. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Those are fun, though. You're not shitting me, but, you know, nobody, <laughs> wants, to, nobody wants to advertise you don't on that. You want to watch a drunk guy talk? What's wrong with you, man? Nobody wants to advertise on two drunk guys talking to a drunk rider that they're interviewing. We used to encourage, we used to be like, listen... We really encourage you to have a drink with us. So then well, some people... Every time we drink, you drink. Yeah. So some people by the end were just worse than us. Yeah. But it's bad yeah, when the can... hosts are hammered by Going the end up. of the show. We never yeah, achieved that level of greatness. We had one guy throw up on our show. He called and like, man, I don't know. If on the phone. <laughs> yeah, he threw up. I'm like, that dude just threw up. For real. That was a pretty <laughs> big moment for us. What show was that? that was... DMX. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They they do. We do a little bit of drinking now, like a couple, two or three beers at the most. But you don't have call-ins because it's not live. No, no. Right. Yeah. Nope. All right. It's fun. Yeah. John drinks Fireball. Well, that's a power drink. It's an energy drink. It's good. It's yeah. Good it's you. just cinnamon. He just likes mm. cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Loves it. Yep. Um. How about uh, rum chata? I don't know why Dude, those two sound familiar in my head. I realize they t- they're nothing alike. But. Rum chata is delightful. I'll have some in my refrigerator right now. It's a it's my Christmas drink. Like every year, I can't wait for Christmas to get here to get my rum chata and some Bailey's and a little bit of vodka and mix it all up. It's a delightful little Christmas. You drink bailed on America and uh, eggnog and went Mexican. Yep. Straight rum chata. You son of a bitch. Yeah, you Russian You're a traitor. spy piece You of do shit. a Russian, a white Russian with from China. <laughs> Who are you supporting? <laughs> <laughs> Where are your loyalties, Kevin? I just can't. Whoever pays me. 
I'm a slave to the man, dude. I hear you. <laughs> Listen, what helmet is the best? I don't know yet. We'll see what Let's deal I get. <laughs> How many zeros are on that check? That big arrow helmet? Yeah. Count me in. Ugliest. That LS2, that's the ugliest helmet I've that's seen. That's the Biafi of today's helmet. It's yeah. freaking hideous. I hate an LS2. What's your it pisses me off when people buy those helmets like stop doing that you have shitty i made a post on our instagram i said if you bought this helmet you have shitty friends they should have told you that thing is garbage it's like they should have just been like you're not european dude stop it he's got wolf sport on and an LSD. Like, get out of here with that idiots uh oh, that company is still around wolf sport is it yeah, go look it up. It's freaking hideous. Is it still like, carried co- by any cat, cat, catalog? I don't know why I couldn't say that. I don't know, but I, there was a guy in Alabama that was their distributor. Of course, makes total sense. But literally out of his basement, he was the Wolf Sport distributor. I'll get you set up, boy. Dude. He was sponsoring the all Instagram. the... He was sponsored the uh, Outlaw Racing Champions of the U.S. Yeah, the world of Outlaws and in dirt track cars. That's about it. Wolf Sport, look it up. If you've never heard of it. It's the hit most. I know you know it, but oh, yeah. has there? What's the big Wolf Sport athlete? Yeah, I want to give a big shout out to Wolf Sport. You ever heard of that? Didn't no, that was Wind had Joel Schmetz. Schmetz. I honestly no, it was Oxbow was uh, Sebastian Tortelli. I was going to be like Tortelli. He had Oxbow. Ugh, that was hideous too. That is too. It's terrible. And then they, that makes me angry. Those two helmets are hideous. They are what. Why, like, even the Biafis or whatever, what kind of idea was it to screw the front of the helmet on? All of it. Like, yes, everything's just one thing. Can't (laughs) adjust it. The JT, same deal. Like, at least they had the visor set up right. That Biafi thing, you had a very small field of vision. Couldn't even get goggles in there, man. You had to wear, like... Uh, Their own goggles? That's why they did it. Yeah, their own brand that would only fit their particular body. Yeah. See, they're like the apple of their generation. The son of a bitches. They were smarter than us. They made a lot of money. I know. This is what I've learned. It doesn't matter what we like. It's what everybody else likes. Or if you can convince them to like it, I guess. Yeah, or if you get some dumbass influencer to wear it. Like, here we go. Mr. Beast likes it. Let's go, boys. Yeah. It's going to be good. (laughs) Kanye West should should make helmets. That would be awesome. Yeah. He could do, yeah, it could be the dumbest looking space outfit <laughs> thing. Doesn't matter. That dude lived in the top of the Mercedes Benz zone. Do you remember that? No. Look it up. Look it up. Like he lived in the Mercedes Benz zone, rented it out for like three weeks or a month to live there and wore like a Power Rangers suit that covered his whole face, like one spandex thing that went all over his body and he would be walking around. His, he was a nut job. True story. Look it up. He lived at the Mercedes Benz zone in Atlanta. That's awesome. To add it, yeah, to add his many dumb things he's done. Have you I'm, ever lived there? Where have you, have you ever lived at Mercedes Benz? Though? No, but I mean, I also am not a billionaire, whatever the hell he is. Yeah, where you can do that. I want to live at the dome. Sure. It's going to cost you, but we'll let you. I was going to say, what's that cost? Yes, you can do it. What's that yeah. cost you? I don't know, five million a week. <laughs> done. Was VRBO, it not open yet? Mercedes Benz. Huh? Was it not open yet? Was it off season? No, like I'm really is, intrigued yeah. in all this. <laughs> this is within the last five years. Within the last five years, he's lived at the Mercedes Benz Dome in Atlanta. I know, dude. Look it up. You Google it. Everybody, all three people that are all watching this right, right now, gonna do Google. this. Do that. It's there. It happened. You can look it up. Show them right now. 
did Kanye West live at the Mercedes-Benz Dome? He's doing it right now. And you'll see that slippery-ass Power Ranger suit he wore. I don't understand it. I can't spell, so that's probably half my problem with searching right now. Kanye West living in the Mercedes-Benz? TMZ said it, so it's definitely... It happened. It's definitely true. And it wasn't like lavish. I remember seeing like some bed in the corner of a little block room looking thing. So apparently Kanye West is still walking around Mercedes-Benz in his Donda release party (laughs) (laughs) outfit. Dude, so he's just like in there, and he has stockings over his head. That's it. That's where I got the little whatever. Like he just robbed the Mercedes. He robbed the Mercedes Benz dome and then just stayed there. <laughs> Dude, at that point he's just like, "This is my house." During yeah, a it, game, me, I'm squatter baby, I'm here. Falcons, <laughs> you're out. Kanye is in. Uh, there you go. Shows off Let's his room. Oh. I wanted to see the picture. Let's see if we can visit Instagram. No, it's not available. Damn it. Not today, boys. Not today, Satan. Not today. Not today. (laughs) All right, Kevin. So who's winning this weekend before we go? Before we go? Yeah, probably Chet. You think? I mean, he's been really good, except for that one mud race. I uh I don't want it. I just want parity. I want Cooper to win. Honestly, I love Cooper winning. I want he's not like dominant. Roxon to win. It's not a bad one either. That's another feel good story. I I'm, I'm I can get behind that. Why not Eli Tomac? Chase Sexton. Yeah. Well, Eli needs to do worse a little bit longer so that everybody can be once again behind Eli. He won too much. I guess. I, I say that, but I would I I imagine since the injury, more people are like rooting for him. You know, nobody yep. can be too successful. We can't have that in this no, world because then we're that. like, oh fuck that guy. Ugh, I hope that he bike blows up on the face of a triple. Yeah. You know, like whoa. I know. Yeah, just, like Home Depot. You're too big and too powerful. Let let Lowe's in there. Let them get in there a little <laughs> bit. So yeah, like Jet. I, and that happened with MC. I remember when he rattled off six in a row. I'm like, shit, man, this dude's really good and totally eliminated Damon Bradshaw. Like, Damon Bradshaw yeah. was there, and then he just said, you're out. I'm in. You're Get out of here. So, yeah, there's that natural whatever of people not wanting this guy to win. And, like, Jet's done nothing to whatever. Whatever this was, he was, you know, whatever that is, I don't even know. He was a young kid. Like, how many dumb things have you done as a dude, kid? Dude. Like, I did so much shit playing basketball. I slapped people. I've done so much dumb shit. And it had nothing on the line. It was just a pickup basketball game. Exactly. That's people um, actually listen. I poke fun of everything, you know. So like, yes. I'm gonna make Nobody videos did. making fun of shit. Period. Yeah. No matter how yes. I feel. But I like Jet. I like Jason. Like I like basically all these guys. The only one that I really Vince the verdict is out. I feel like he's Nickelback yeah. of motocross. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, I really. Don't get mad at, like you said, we grew up, I grew up in the 90s watching Supercross when everybody's just hacking each other's front ends off. So that, that, that stuff doesn't bother me. Um, and I'm just like talking about the subjects themselves. But like, yeah, a 20 year old, when I was a 20 year old, I was a dickhead. I definitely would have flown off the handle, especially if I was trying to go for a frigging championship and I felt like frustrated, you know, 
he, he's probably had two bad week. You know, he had two, three bad weekends now. I guess for him, bad. And when is the last time that's ever happened? Exactly. I, I see that with riders, riders that have never learned how to lose. Like he hasn't. He has lost as a kid, but back in the day, and then, and everybody says, "Oh, he's got this silver spoon." Bro, you don't know that dude and his yeah. family barely lived off of nothing, sleeping on pool tables, on floors. Like they scratched and clawed to get to where they're at. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. But he's not a silver spoon baby. He earned that shit. Yeah. But that's just people so, saying those things that it's silver spoon this and that are just people that want to be mad at him. Yes. Because he's doing well, you know, like it's it's yeah. same thing. Like when that's I a lazy argument, that's the same thing that people say. Like, oh, if I had AC Superman, yeah, no, you wouldn't. Have. That's a lazy exactly. argument. You're dumb. Your kids either got it or he done. Period. Yeah, that wouldn't have made the difference. He was not seconds faster on that bike. Wrong. Right. Wrong. Exactly. No. Uh, yeah, he was. He worked hard, and that's why he was faster. <laughs> you yeah. know, and he had and talent. Same with Jason Anderson. Same with AC, and all these people that say. I think AC doesn't deserve a ride. I don't think Christian Craig like, okay, well then who does dummy? Like, well, dumb. like, yeah, that's the thing. There's still the top 10 guy, 11 guys. And all of those guys deep. have rides. Who yes. else are you replacing them with? But it's like, they think once somebody came up and they were like, AC was supposed to be the guy. Yeah. Right. So now that he's not, and he's still a top, what? Eight. Yeah, top eight supercross in rider. the world. We're like, you fucking suck, dude. You haven't won <laughs> three championships yet. <laughs> like, what is yeah, that? What, is, what are you doing, dude? Eating, eating Cheetos, watching infomercial. Man, AC sucks. I'm like, bro, he's the eighth best on a bad day in the world ever. Getting paid on, lots of money to go out and ride. Yeah. He might yeah, as well was, because he's not winning championships like he he was quit. supposed to. We might as well go and uh, you know do sheetrock. Yeah, this I, I literally and I never do this ever on Twitter. This one guy posted on K Rocks like right before the opening round day of Anaheim one. K Rocks, you're washed up. You just need to quit. I'm like the dude won a Supercross last year. Yeah. Like what are you talking about? And the dude goes like he has a bunch of stuff on Twitter. I'm like. And then as soon as Ken Roxon wins the heat race that night, I'm like, so are we still thinking K-Rock yeah. needs to? And then he shut all his comments down and blocks everybody. I'm like, You're really? Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, own that shit, dude. dude. Own it. Yeah. yeah. What has he got? Nobody on line can even see him anymore. He's online, but he's just basically invisible because he's blocked everyone because yeah. of his yeah. stupid opinions. Well, watch Vince Freeze. His his comments open up like he closes this thing down, opens and closes like Brett Favre retiring. Like he quit. He's back. He's in. He's out. He's in. He's out. Like, he, his comments stop. They open up. He goes private. Like this dude just all over the place. Yeah. And he, but he really doesn't think it's like oh it's a problem. What you can't just blast a guy and just yeah just be cool. He does not. He Vince is one of the few guys that's like if he would just own it. Like yeah, dude, I am here to fuck shit up. Yeah. I'm here to take money out of your pocket. Whatever way I got to do it, I would at least go. At least you know where you stand with this guy. This guy, when he when he sends you into the third row and knocks hamburgers out of people's hands, he's like, well, "I don't. What's the problem, man? I just I don't get it." Well, I came in a little fast. I don't know. I just <laughs> you've done that every time, dude. Every pass you've ever made, your kill rate is like if you're like a fighter pilot, you'd have like 900 kills on your plane. Like, nobody comes close to what you're doing. Nobody. Who has taken more people out, Barsha or Freeze? Freeze all day. You think so? All day long. Yeah, man. Like I feel like in the last couple of years, he's really cranked his numbers up. 
And Barsha's really gone in the other way. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 actually become faster. Like Freeze or Barsha had the whatever he was doing, like he was doing it because he that's the only way he could stay relevant or in the mix. Yeah. He's in the mix. Like this dude's getting podiums without doing anything. He can get a whole shot, finish second. Yeah. Win it. You know what I mean? And Freeze if he gets a whole shot. Holy shit. Yeah. You better look out, boys, because you're getting it. Like, ka-chow, ka-chow. everybody's getting it. Dude, that's I the best drinking that. game is just drink when Let's Freezy gets out. a whole shot and then drink every time he gets passed after he whole shots. And then if he, for every clean pass, you have to drink two. For every dirty pass, it's three. So we're drinking no matter what. Like, something's <laughs> happening no matter what. You have, like, there's a drinking game out there. Bling! If they had some kind of counter that would pop up, like, during the race, bling, like yeah. a beer, simple, you just gotta, you gotta go, boys. That's what <laughs> that we need be to, a great companion. I was just gonna say, we need to do the companion actually have sounds and be like, ding, ding. Oh, shit. The Vince Freezy, <laughs> clean pass, drink a beer app. Well, that's somebody un- could easily, easily do it. Yeah, somebody smarter than us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap it up. We've done over an hour here. You can get Man, ready see, for your easy? important podcast tonight. I've done no research, no zero research, nothing required. So I didn't research either, just because I know you. Yeah. And I was like, I, I normally don't like to do that. I look a little bit, but like I like to just kind of do it on the fly. I would literally show up to DMXS. I didn't have to book the shows. Eiser would book them. And I just get on the show, like literally, we start the show. I'm like, all right, Dave, who do we got? <laughs> no idea. No idea. And it works. Like it just keeps just keeps it fresh. But no you scripted. like I said, you are very quick um and funny. So I think that uh that's just you happen to be yeah, fortunate in that in that regard and uh be able to just pull off, you know, making stuff fun and funny. So Definitely helps. Definitely helps. Not, if I can't have fun with it, dude, I'm not doing it. Like I just, I haven't gotten fired from a gig. But if they're like, "Hey, man, you need to like just chill out a little bit," I'll be like, respectfully, I will finish the weekend out and we'll go our separate ways. I cannot do it if it's not fun. Yeah. Like whenever I'm doing CPR, if I can't have some fun on yeah. a guy, like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" Like, listen to the beat. What? <laughs> Let me tell you, I don't want. I don't want people to think I'm morbid, but dude, I have all kinds of thoughts like that. Like. There's a guy, like, we give you Narcan, which is a drug that, like, you OD on heroin. Okay. I'm a firefighter, to remind everybody. So if we give you a Narcan, it will immediately uh, separate the hemoglobin from the drug. Like, it puts a barrier between the drug and the hemoglobin, and you are immediately sober. Like that. Like, you could go take the SATs. I'm not joking at all. Like, you could be almost dead, about to go into cardiac arrest. They give you Narcan. You could literally drive to Walmart, get you some shit, go back home, and everything's good. Yeah. That It's that. So I've always wanted to to do this and like go once we get them in the ambulance and they wake up, I'm like, hey man, what happened in there? And just have them go, What are you talking about? I said, dude, it's a bloody mess in that house right now. You murdered like nine people. What? Like I just, <laughs> I want to see them kind of freak out. I'm just kidding, man. I'm just funny with you. I just wanted to I, I've never done that, but I want to do that. And then they'll be, you know, I might get in trouble, but they'd be like, Well, who do you believe? This guy or me? I didn't do that. But now it's recorded on this podcast, so. Yeah. <laughs> but I will at, at some point I will do. I will go, man. I don't know what you were doing in there, but there's you hacked off everybody's heads like it's a mess. So. Once they're drunk the enough. The hospital. Oh no! After yeah. they get Narcan, you mean? Yeah, after they get Narcan, they come yeah. to and they're clean and they can, you know, kind of take everything in. I like that you had the preface that you're like I'm a firefighter, but 
I've seen where they're like, everybody should be walking around with Narcan. And I'm like, what do we live in fucking Gotham City? Like, what the hell is going on? Or you're going to end up. It's pretty much like that. They have little Narcan stations. You just go get your Narcan. Dude. They hand it out like whatever, like Narcan. I can see it now. The, it's in the, New York. They're interviewing this lady and she's like, I saved that guy's life or whatever, you know? And then this guy's like, they're like, what happened? He's like, I don't know. I was just asleep on the fucking bench. And next time, you know. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like Narcan only works on opioids. So when people go, oh, oh man, I wasn't doing nothing. I'm like, bro, you're almost yeah. dead. And the only reason it works is because you're on opioids. Got wouldn't it. work on weed or beer or nothing like that. It's just opioids. So. That's how we know. And we don't care. Like half the time, like, hey, man, I don't care if you're on drugs. The The law's not coming. We don't care. I just got to know how to help you. Yeah. No, yeah. man, I take nothing. I'm like, all right, man, well, you're going to die because you're a dummy. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm not the police. I'm just tell here me. To help. Let me help you. You're like, do you have any more? Do you have more? Where is it? <laughs> so, I can, so I can use it for medicinal purposes. <laughs> <laughs> My leg hurts. Ouch. Um, all right. Well, uh, so where do you want to send everybody to find you on the interwebs? Uh, MySpace. Hot or not. Remember that? That was mean. Okay. <laughs> Hot or not. Give me a rating, dude. Tell me what you think. Our Instagram, our Twitter, or uh, Spotify. I guess our show is on Spotify. You can subscribe to the Bird I guess our show Network. is on Spotify. I think so. I just upload it and they put it. It's on the Bird Podcast Oh, Network. that's it's right. On yeah, so you can find it there. Just search "Winners Take Y'all," and I'll tell you this: one, one cool, one of my favorite guests for the year coming up. We do. I haven't told anybody this, but I have confirmation from Bad Billy Robinson. I found the guy on the internet, and I reached out to him. He responded, and he's going to be on our show. So awesome! I don't really know what to do with it just yet, in terms of like, do I approach it like? Bad Billy, it's been a like long time. Like he's actually Bad mean. Billy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I want to do for the first bit, and yeah. few minutes of the show, and I'm going to tell him that. So up front, so look, we're going to come at you like you're Bad Billy Robinson. So I don't think you should. I think you should just start questioning him, like you believe See, he the, is Bad. The Billy awkwardness Robinson. of it, or whatever. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like that was a character 35 fucking years ago, dude. Listen, you know, I, we all have different phases of our careers, Bet Billy. So I understand you trying to separate yourself from your motorcycle career. And now your evangelical career. He's like an evangelist or he's a, a big Christian guy. So can't go too hard on him. But uh, I don't I want to do something creative. Like we're going to do it right for Dallas Supercross, obviously. It makes the most sense. So Dallas coming up. So, yeah. Supercross. Yes. Supercross. Like it's these the only the one. They go Dallas. The only one. They go Supercross. <laughs> <That's it>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've got great stories of that. Like we had Bailey on and he talked about uh, Rick Johnson was there kind of helping as a creative director. Like, hey, this is how it should be. Don't do this because it's dumb. But like, um, David was in his hotel room and Rick calls him. Rick Johnson he goes, hey, man, they're filming this t movie over here. You want to come check it out? And he goes, no, you're not going to get paid. They may ask you to do stuff, but you're not getting paid. And then Bailey, eventually his dad goes, all right, let's go get your bike. He goes, hey, man, I'm, I'm in this shit. And Rick goes, well, you're not getting paid. So just understand that. And then later on, David goes, well, I got paid and Rick didn't. So all this shit that Rick was like, you're not getting paid. David Bailey got checks for years after that. Oh, and Rick shit. didn't. And David had no speaking parts. But then he goes, he goes, if you watch that Supercross that night, Dallas, David says that David Bailey goes, I won. And uh, Rick Mellon, 
who we got to be buddies with that day, he goes, I couldn't shake the guy. Like he was up on the podium with me, like literally oh, in shit. the broadcast. He's like, yeah, like he's part of the crew or whatever. So what year is that? 85 or something? I think it's 86, 85, 86 Dallas Supercross. So you'll see Rick Mellon like, yeah, David. Like, <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious, dude. Yeah, that it's like just and if you hear Rick's version of it, like he came out of the bathroom and made him look stupid, like he just took a shit or whatever. It's just <laughs> some bizarre points that you never would have heard, you know, had they not had their perspective on it. So yeah. There you go. Awesome. Winners take y'all. Yeah, everybody tune in to winners take y'all. And uh like I said, if you need to go in and actually watch Kevin work on his own on your own format. Because you're funnier than on my podcast. You've been holding back here. Oh, not well. No. Those dudes are funny, too, though. You, you'd be fine, though, if you came into mine. You know how it is when you get interviewed? I just It's so I bizarre being on this. It's weird. But like if you came to ours, I would just throw you on the mic with us, and you would just run with us. I wouldn't even think twice about letting you in on our deal. So if you're ever in Atlanta, by all means, jump in with us. You don't come down here anymore to. and try to avoid this racist town of ours. No. I just haven't made it over there, but I would love to. I actually... Do you know somebody with a bar down there I was thinking about trying to sell the Harley jump to? So if that happens, I'll let you know for sure. Oh, uh, we'll help you out with that. And if you do Day in the Dirt, let me know because we're a big part of that. We're going to bring our show. We'll do it from down there. And if you bring your your Harley and race that shit or whatever. That's what my thought was. Okay. It's like there's, it's super rough, but I don't, who cares? Like, it's whatever. You're just sticking around anyway. Drink a beer every lap. Yeah. That well, was my, they, they hired me to do Day in the Dirt the first time I ever went to Glen Helen to do it. And the email says, look, we're going to give Kevin a thing of a cooler full of beers and a four wheeler. He's just going to go out way out into the track. And I just handed beers out. They paid me to just hand beers out during the race from Red Bull. Like that was, that's how rad that company is. Awesome. And that event. So anything yeah. I can do to help you with that, brother, do it. Okay. Well, I, I got a CRF 450 forks on that bad boy and I bought some of that race tech shocks. So oh, yeah, you could ride that. won't man. be too, too bad no, it's not it's like not a stock like straight up harley yeah exactly well john's <laughs> got that damn gold wing or we haven't figured out what to do with some guy gifted him a gold wing uh-huh like he's got not john's got so many motorcycles he's got this fucking gold wing i'm like we've got to do something with this gold wing like all three of us ride on it at once and do a podcast as we go down the road or something yeah. has to happen with that gold wing you need to sidecar pod- it so then you guys can all be we could really do that like do a podcast while you're on a gold wing yeah driving somewhere i can tell you People are going to get mad at the wind noise. Is it, you think it's too much? I, yeah. I mean, I guess if you got... Even like with those, those, card, those card systems. What that's what use. I was just going to say. If you had yeah. an actual helmet mic system, maybe it yes. would not be as bad. Yeah, like, no, not, no, we're not holding them. <laughs> Here we are! Down. We're on 75 20. <laughs> Let this guy over. Yeah, so. That's our thought. Like that's our next phase of this show is like we and Ricky's already agreed to do it. We we we've got those three XR two fifties. If you look at our Instagram account, yep. they went and bought three XR two fifties, matching XR two fifties, eighty six models, and we're gonna take those bikes over to Wyndham. He's gonna ride with us and video, and we're all gonna have cartas and let him talk about how shitty we are. Like, that's my goal is to get made fun of by Kevin Wyndham and other guys and interview them while we're riding some shitty little whatever. And having Wyndham go, dude, get out of the way. You suck so bad. It's my goal. So I feel like Kevin's too do. nice to do that. No, he's a he's a savage. <laughs> he did some stuff to me at Loretta's this year. I'm like, dang, his wife goes, Kevin. Like, he, said <laughs> he, he, he was in the booth with us all week and he said some stuff. I'm like, all right, I see where you like he was pretty ruthless. It was pretty awesome. I enjoyed it. His wife goes, 
like whispered at him, like, don't you do that. That's mean. So me. very short, Kevin Wyndham. I keep saying we're going to go, but um, I, don't care, huh? I met Kevin Wyndham at the race of champions in New Jersey. The year he yeah. turned pro when he was at five ten on the Cowie and he whole yeah, shot yeah. and led most of the race. Um, yeah. So, yeah. um, Maybe it was, no, I think it was 95. Uh, he was at the race champions. I ended up going over and I don't even know how I ran into him, but we started talking and we literally just hung out all day. Like we'd do our motos and then I'd go over there and we'd sit there and bullshit. And that was totally. the only time I've ever talked to, hung out, anything. But all day we just kept meeting up in the stands and bullshitting <laughs> or going over the truck. And that was it. <laughs> Dude, I don't doubt it. That guy is truly... <clears throat> Hey, the coolest, and he's super funny, down to earth. Like he was up at Loretta's this year, and we were watching Mike Brown, and he's watching us. Said, "You want some of that smoke?" He goes, "He goes, I've got to, I've got to stop this." He goes, "I have to stop this." He goes, "I'm in the best shape of my life." He's running marathons. He's like super oh, yeah? fit. He goes, he goes, I can put a stop to this next year. I'm like, Dottie, Dottie's up there. He goes, Dottie, what do you think? I'm like, the whole week we're like, Dottie, come on, man, like let Kevin play. Yeah, we gotta, please, please let him do this. So we tried it. He's he was super close at Loretta's. I'm like, I'm going to say this over the mic that you're doing this. So you've got to make this happen. Dude. He's one of the few guys that can shut the Mike Brown thing down. Because he's one of <clears throat> Mike Brown's an animal, right? Yes. Kevin Windham is like one of the most talented motorcycle riders ever. Yes. So I think if he got in super good shape, for sure, Kevin would, ha you'd have a hard time with Kevin Windham. Well, he even said it. He goes, I've got it. He goes, Lars gave me a bike. He goes, I've got a very good Honda at home. And he's running marathons. He goes, I'm as light as I was. Like, you look at him, and he is extremely fit. He goes, I need to do something with his fitness. Like, he literally just ran a Christmas, New Year's Day marathon. I'm like, yeah, man, give us that. Yeah. And I was standing next to Dame Bradshaw. I said, you want some of that? He goes, he goes, I can handle it. He goes, but I don't want to commit. He goes, I'd have to start right now. This dude's getting gate drops every weekend, Mike yeah. Brown. Yeah, he goes so. For, and Bradshaw was like, for me to go after that dude, he goes, I would have to just put the hammer down right now and get ready now. And but Damon's not by any means not fit. Like he's fit, yeah. but there's a different fitness. That fitness at Loretta's is nasty. Yeah, That's so nasty. That Loretta's is nasty. Well, the shit to win that. Yeah, it's hot, sticky. The track looks super deep, sticky. <laughs> uh, yeah, and... I'll be. I'm not being hateful here, but like, I don't look at that track. Like, I go from. Mammoth Mountain to Loretta's. I get to date to all these other cool events. And I'm like, that track for me is probably the least fun. And it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be hard. Yeah. And it's supposed to generate great champions. And it does its job. But like in terms of the racetracks I'd want to ride, that's like number 400 on my list. Yeah. Like Mammoth Mountain, give me that one all day long. She's beautiful. Super chill. It's not chopped up and just karate chopping you the whole time. That's a tough ass race, Loretta's. Yeah. Hate it sure. all you want. That bitch is the real deal. Yeah, I think it's good as far as the way the format is to actually be like... Decide. Decide. Because the format, uh, where it like is, where it is, you're going to get a rain day. Yep. It's going to be hot It'll as be shit. 100 degrees. Exactly. Yep. And that dirt is sticky and deep. There's nothing, there's nowhere in America that you can replicate that. All these people are like, yeah, we got this place. No, you do not. You, And I love seeing people that have come there for the first time. And they're, I'm like, I've been telling them, I'm like, dude, this is the deal. Like, they walk the track. They're like, that's it? Like, because when you walk it, it looks like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. the jumps are about that tall. Nothing huge. <clears throat> no 
ups and downs or like how can it get and you've seen it on tv at this point there's no secret now that bitch after practice is just it's nothing but this yeah. all the way around that thing you never can just go Whoo. yeah um, there's nowhere to rest on that track exactly and also just the fact that the sheer number of people what other race, race yeah. do you have that many people go out and ride it in a day that many good people Right. That many good people. 41. It's full gates every time for 15 minutes all day long from 7 to 7. Yeah. Good of luck. the best, fastest of the best. people in the United States. Yep. And if you're an ADCC rider coming up after the Bs, the Vets, and all that, well, that track's laid out for 450 Bs, Vet riders. And now you're coming in with your KX85 going, yeah. this is weird. I can't. This is berm. That makes sense. You know, there's so many factors to that thing. It's just, it's wild. It is so wild. That's the debate, right? Do you let the novice out first to dry everything up, and then they make all the turns? Like they're fucking... pretty good about laying the. Uh, <laughs> they're they're good about laying the racetrack and the event out in such a way where you'll finish up with that, like a schoolboy B A track maintenance for thirty minutes, eighty fives C class, then a vet. You know what I mean? They kind of work their way back in, so it's not like the pro class coming in after the. 65s like these lines yeah, make yeah. no sense to us and they always finish up the super tough bitching classes right before track maintenance so they it's gnarly gnarly super sketch smooth it out yeah and then and send the, the newer they've gotten out. that down to a science they did not always do that that's they've really worked that thing into just perfection honestly but i have gone it, to tracks where they let the novices practice first and absolutely i could not which is good because i don't want to you know, when I was a pro, I don't want to suck up all the mud. But at the same time, I kept going through this turn and there was a corner marker on the inside. It was just like a stake. And it wasn't that, which normally they're just like, don't, they're not round. They're like just bells. I kept going into this turn. There was a stake in the center and there was a tire on top of the stake. And I kept smashing into it with my, my shoulder. I had to like, and I'm like, what, how did this even happen? Then I watched the novice moto and he was just stood upright both Straight feet up. down yeah and i was like oh that's yeah. how you got so close to that corner yeah, marker. you couldn't lean into it because you yeah. hit it yep that's it yeah they, they they've got that figured out all you other tracks should do that too man coming from a racetrack promoter standpoint like dude figure your practices out all that shit there's a there's a science to it and you don't have to reinvent the wheel they're doing it like they yeah. showed you the template yeah. god and and i will say this all you tracks out west why like i've been to Glen helen on a thursday there's some dork like me out there with Davy Mill snaps. I'm like, how does that happen? I ha I don't understand why all the OEMs, Gas Gas, Honda, Triumph, all those dudes don't get together every Tuesday and Thursday and rent that rent track out track. for just those dudes. That's it from 10 or from 10 to noon, two hours, just us. And then after that, so you don't take the whole day. Yep. We give them five grand for that little time slot. We beat the shit out of the track, beat each other up. We don't run over Johnny Blue Jeans and... Timmy PW and all those guys. Yeah. Cause it happens like you hear this shit all the time. Dude's getting landed on. And well, I was nonsense. just thinking that I don't like, and I'm decent. I, I'm not sure I want to be out there when those guys fucking whizzing by me. You know what I mean? I'm definitely oh. going to feel like I'm in the way. Yeah, for sure. I would do <laughs> just get me out of the way. So I don't know. I still understand why that's a thing, but apparently it is like just oh, all the OEMs get together, pull your money together, and then just have an open ride for all your factory dudes for two hours twice a week on those rough tracks. Do you think they won't do that? I mean, I feel like they're still at the track together at the same time, but 
there's other people there, so you can't watch other people as much or something. Like I like I feel like they wouldn't do it just because they're like they're gonna steal our suspension settings with gog with binoculars from the other side. They're out there something. together. <laughs> no, they're out there together. They're they're all kind of yeah. So then it doesn't make any sense. They might as well just nah. rent the rent track. it out and be done with it. Yeah, I know Triumph's doing some cool shit. We had Bobby Hewitt on, and they I, I was like, dude. Because he's on the East Coast. They're down at Matt Walker's old place. They bought Matt Walker's okay. place. Okay. At Chaconi? Or or... Or whatever. No, he, no, Matt Walker's training facility. Oh, okay. So he has a big 150-acre multi-track training facility that's uh, uh, Triumph bought. And they've turned it into this Triumph World Headquarters. You'll be able to go down and ride bikes, have awesome. dinners. And it's gnarly what they're building. It's like the Porsche experience up near Atlanta. But for... So anytime... For motorcycles, off-road, street, any kind of motorcycle Triumph sells, there will be something for you to ride at this facility. They'll do North American things there with all the Triumph dealers come and ride the bikes, have big dealer meetings. It's a beautiful facility awesome. now, what they're doing for to it. But I'm like, dude, well, how are we in this day and age and hunting down dry tracks? Like, Why are we not? Why, is, why has no one built a cover? He goes, I'm like, oh, you guys are finally going to cover a practice supercross track single span open like of course you are yeah of course triumph's gonna be the first one to do it like all the guys in california right now had to all just head for the hills because it's so muddy ducati is gonna buy the mercedes-benz dome and they're just gonna go in there they're they're gonna share it with kanye and just just train right there with them yeah i had i can't believe i had this epiphany long time ago when i was still doing freestyle i was like we need to buy an agricultural building you know like with like you said top sides open yeah or maybe just side it in and then just turn the lights on and do meth and ride for a month straight because that would be like five years of progress the progress (laughs) dude and you're hyped up on meth so yeah you could just ride that's what i'm saying you just ride 24 hours yeah for like a week then you take sleep for a couple days and then you do it again. But in that month, you've been able to Holy jam cow. in like years worth of practice. Yeah. It's like dog years. Like this yeah. guy's so good. He just started. He's, he's been riding for six weeks. Like this guy's incredible. Yeah. He's really skinny. He's got sores on his face, but he's fucking good. But man. he's good as shit. Just don't let him take his helmet jumps? off. <laughs> you got yeah. one of those front flip ramps? Woo, Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think this is a good place to shut it down. We That's a good. We talk we about math, indoor riding facilities, and math. That's probably math across. <laughs> That's our series. Meth across. Meth across. And when Vince freeze, Vince freeze we meth him up and mm-hmm. send him out in the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> what? Light them dudes out. <laughs> Count me in. Count me uh, in, dude. It's taken over the nation. All right, everybody. Thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, please go uh, watch, listen. You guys got video? Winners yeah, take you off? We just now started it. Awesome. Just on YouTube. On the, the Whatever. So it's just us. I don't know if you want to look at us or not, but there's also the audio version too. So I wouldn't want to see us, but some people do. Oh, because the other guys are just calling in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we don't do this cool thing. I beamed you in from outer space. So guess um Sounds good. Very Pretty awesome. Successful. All right, that's it, everybody. Thank you guys for watching. And uh, yeah, check out Winners Take Y'all. And also, if you go to any amateur nationals, this is the guy talking. So if he says anything rude, you know who to be mad at. My name is Wes King. <laughs> yep.